0: What is up, Dolphins? Welcome in to the Wednesday, May the 23rd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of of Miami Dolphins football and on today's show Tannehill talks we have press conferences and practices from day two of OTAs and in addition to Tannehill's media availability we'll cover new Dolphins PCs from Josh Sitton, Dan Kilgore, and Albert Wilson plus some words from Coach Gaze and some notes from the practice field but before any of that I have to remind you guys go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts leave us a rating leave us a review give me a follow on Twitter at Weekfield NFL follow the show at LockedOnFins and check out LockedOnDolphins.com right now we have updates from all the OTA practices, the Ryan Tannehill charting stuff, all sorts of things for you guys on the website, and of course the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast, for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and jump right into the podcast today. That's another Miami Dolphins. That's right, we are welcoming back Ryan Tannehill on this episode of Locked On Dolphins Podcast. It is May the 23rd, day two of organized team activities, and Ryan Tannehill took to the podium to talk to the media for the first time in 10 months since his knee injury that cost him the entire 2017 season. And he walks to the podium and opens up with a comment Look who's back from the dead or back from the dead, I suppose, is what he said. And you can talk about how boring of an interview he is and how PC he is and how he has all these buzzwords he tries to check off on every press conference that he does. And he did that for the most part, but it was kind of nice to see him come out with that line. And then I thought about it a little bit more and thought to myself, well, it took him 10 months to come up with that. Pretty good, but still, still kind of the same ho-hum guy we've always had. And he talked about a lot of topics that really were more important than just what I feel about him in terms of how generic he is and giving answers in a press conference. And we'll go ahead and start with the first one he talked about, the restrictive brace that he's going to wear on game days during the season. He's not wearing a knee brace during practice right now. That was kind of the big news yesterday when he came onto the practice field without a brace. And then now he comes out and has the same thing going on. But he will wear one on Sundays on game day and it just kind of stabilizes the knee for when something like the Calais-Campbell hit happens again. Hopefully, it can give him a little bit more protection against the knee buckling and having the injury that we went through and dealt with. And speaking of that injury, they asked him if... He would do it the same way or how he feels looking back and in kind of hindsight with the whole process and the whole injury and the way everything went down. And while he said he was given good advice by a lot of doctors and was told that everybody was on board and in the same game plan for going forward with the stem cells and the intense rehab process. He says he would do it the same way because of the advice he got, but he wishes that the advice was different. And talking about the idea that it cost him a year and a half, basically, of his career, and how some of those times can get really dark for a player like that, and how it did get really dark they referred to the picture of him sitting down at the cafeteria wherever that is in the Dolphins facility when he was looking out the window right after the injury happened watching the practice go on last august and he said he felt like a kid that was told he couldn't go outside and play when all of his friends were out there playing so he's been sitting on this for a long time been marinating on this bad news for a long time gets to come out and and play football today be part of the team very excited for him and the team as well as the fan base that seems mostly energized by him returning at least the people that you Want to see or want to hear their opinions on Twitter, mostly energized by the return of Ryan Tannehill. He talked about a variety of other topics as well, and talking about the loss of Jarvis Landry, and went on to really lament Landry and what he meant to the football team, both as a competitor, the juice that he brought to the game, the competitive spirit. But he also talked about the other players they have coming in and how replacing Landry will be tough, but he feels like they have the guys to go ahead and do it. He mentioned by name Amendola. He mentioned Wilson by name. He's excited for guys like Shaquem Grant to step up. And talking about the kind of culture remake that went on this offseason, they asked him about that as well. And he said the culture wasn't bad. He just thinks that guys coming in now can help convey Gaze's message in a better way. And he's excited about the group they have. Of course, he's going to say those things, but he did a good job of making it clear and concise to the point that he wanted to make about being excited about the team they have in place now. They've really built this team around him. I think he probably knows that for the most part. So the injury, the culture, Jarvis Landry, the knee brace – They asked him also about what he felt about the whole offseason and all the rumors and reports about the team possibly drafting a quarterback, and that Adam Gaze told him before the draft that no matter what happens on draft night, you are the starting quarterback in 2018. So he approached his program the exact same way he would. There was no extra fuel or anything like that to add to his fire. So overall, a pretty good press conference. Not going to give you a whole lot outside of the norm. Like I said, checks his buzzwords, says the right things, gets out of there. It was pretty funny at the end. They asked him if it was Laurel or Yanni, and he asked, what's a Yanni?" So I was pretty excited to see that he really doesn't pay attention to any of the stuff that doesn't matter out there like some of the other players do on the Dolphins, as well as the rest of the league. So for the most part, still a pretty boring PC guy, but seems like he has a little bit more juice to him at this year's presser. And we'll see a lot more of him in the coming days, the coming months, and of course the coming season. But we have some more confirmation on his ability as a leader on the football field. And we'll talk about that next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Finns. Locked on Dolphins podcast rolling on day two of the OTAs, the organized team activities portion, phase three of the OTA portion for the Miami Dolphins in the 2018 season and the press conferences happened today. It was kind of like the first day of school, everyone getting back together and and kind of getting to know each other again and and getting back into the routine of practice and how things are going to be and it seemed like they really wanted to attack the new guys in terms of the press conferences, talking to the media before or I should say after practice and Josh Sitton and Dan Kilgore were two of the more interesting ones that I saw. Two new offensive linemen that are going to be working with Ryan Tannehill, working to protect this quarterback and basically have the responsibility of the entire, the weight of the entire organization on their shoulders, keeping this guy healthy, because they all know without Tannehill, this season basically goes down the drain once again. And we talked about it on the other side of the podcast about his leadership abilities and what he has become as a 30-year-old quarterback now that has been around the block, finally starting to play some good football there at the end of his 2016 season before he got hurt and they were talking about his ability as a leader and Dan Kilgore made a comment about... Tannehill being a guy that is a good leader both getting in and out of the huddle. So on the field as a coach as well as in the huddle conveying the play, having an idea for what the play is supposed to be. He was definitely in command of the offense, has a completely front-to-back memorized in his mind, has an understanding for why Adam Gaze calls the plays that he does and can really start to apply his knowledge of the system and teach it to the other guys on the offense. So Dan Kilgore made that comment. Josh Sitton said the exact same thing, was very impressed by Tannehill's ability to command attention both In the huddle and in the meeting and film room where the team convenes at the end of the day to go over the day's practice, go over the day's film, and kind of learn from it in the classroom setting. Said that Ryan Tannehill has a very good grip over that as well. Going back to Dan Kilgore, a cool note about him his brother in law was a big Dolphins fan and was more excited than Dan Kilgore was when he heard about the trade because obviously Kilgore kind of had to get over the shock value at first. He said, Initially, my brother in law was more excited because he's a Dolphins fan and now he gets to see me play for the Dolphins. Also a cool nugget about Dan Kilgore, right when he got traded to Miami, Lauren Tannehill reached out to Dan Kilgore's wife and they became fast friends and they've gotten to know each other and they hang out now together in the offseason. So Tannehill grooming a relationship with his new center, Dan Kilgore. Josh Sitton also talked about Tannehill's ability to throw on the run, which is something cool to see early on in the training camp process or the OTA process, I should say, that Tannehill is throwing on the run some more, looking good in that aspect because... As I charted the 2012 and 2013 seasons, his rookie year and second year, he was over 81% on target on throws outside of the pocket. So Definitely an area he has excelled at in his career, even early on when he wasn't as impressive from a statistical standpoint or just from a general play standpoint. He always had that ability to throw on the move outside of the pocket, so it's good to hear that that's still there despite the knee being what it is, what it was. And then other press conferences that happened throughout the course of the day, Albert Wilson went to the media and talked to them about how he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. I thought the best quote from his PC was the fact that he thought he wasn't used incorrectly in Kansas City, just wasn't used enough, because he was a guy that did a lot of stuff with the shovel passes inside, the bubble screen game. He's going to come over to Miami and play a very similar role, but they do expect him to have an increased role, and one of the things they talked to him about was his speed, and he claimed he's the fastest guy on the team, saying, I will race Kenny Stills, I will race Jakeem Grant, to which Kenny Stills agreed to go ahead and do a race in front of the media. Jakeem Grant, haven't heard back on that yet, but I would love to see those three guys burn it and see who can run the fastest, because I think we have... All three of those guys were clocked at sub 4440s in their days at college. So a lot of speed on this receiving core, a lot of ability to win routes quickly, and a lot of new guys, new faces, lots of chemistry to build. And that's what Coach Gaze kind of talked about getting into the system. It was important to have everybody there for practice today. And he came back into this idea talking about Albert Wilson being able to be used all over the field, different variety of ways. And they have a good mix of players that can play any position on the field as a wide receiver. Kenny Stills, Jakeem Grant. Albert Wilson they can all line up anywhere on the formation pre-snap you have Devontae Parker who's primarily an x receiver and then Danny Amendola primarily a slot guy Mike Kosicki mainly a y guy so there's a healthy balance Three guys that have pretty defined roles, and three guys that you can really shake and move around the offense and give yourself a bunch of variety, which has been the theme of this entire offseason. You have heard me say that word multiple times now, and they continue to double down on that theme. And speaking of the new culture fits and talking about guys being present for practice and working in all these new pieces, the Dolphins had a 100% attendance rate at practice day. So that was very, very cool to see. Nobody missed out, nobody opted to go do their own private workouts like in Dama Kinsu did in the past, and they officially have their new team slogan shirt, something that's very, very minimal in the overall Impact on the way the season will go, but something to talk about. They have the new slogan, it just says teamwork, very simple team on the front, work on the back. Kind of the idea of getting everybody working in the same direction, and it goes in the same along in the face of what they've said the entire offseason about some guys not doing things the right way last year and focusing on getting guys that do things the right way. So that was the press conferences. There's much more you guys can chew on. I had some notes on lockedondolphins.com where I wrapped up the entire day and just talking about what the key points were. You can obviously find. Find it on my Twitter. I tweeted about it as it was happening live at Wingfield NFL, of course, LockedOnDolphins.com. And we'll get you caught up on the events that happened on the field here next on Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at LockedonFins. Moving on into the third segment, and there was one name we didn't talk about a whole lot that deserves some mention, and that, of course, was Danny Amendola, was kind of the star of the day, if you remove Ryan Tannehill from the equation, who was always going to be the star on this day in his big triumphant return to the organization and to the team, both on the practice field and in the locker room and talking to the media, but I think, I'm starting to think maybe I undersold the Danny Amendola signing a little bit, I kind of thought he was more of a guy that was going to be there to get guys doing the right things, but You just think about what type of receivers Tannehill has excelled with in his past. He made a career for Devon Best. Basically, he did things for Ryan Swope at Texas A&M that other guys weren't able to do. He relied a lot on Jarvis Landry in his time here. Danny Amendola really offers the ideal slot receiver in terms of getting open quickly, running the right routes, making the right sight adjustments, and just being in the right spot at the right time. And they talk about the way all these younger guys gravitate towards him and learn how to be professional in the same way. That he is. I just think he might have a bigger impact than I originally let on. And it goes basically into my point that that was the one signing I was really kind of taken back by or had pause over because I didn't know what his role on the football team was going to be with all these speed guys, all these guys that can make plays. Then you have Danny Amendola, who really only has produced for the New England Patriots, hasn't had a lot of success elsewhere. But I think he could have a big impact on this team he might be able to develop that early rapport with Ryan Tannehill that he had with Tom Brady and be a much bigger producer than I thought he was going to be. And one of the biggest additions he makes to this team is the added mentality of we're not going to settle for crappy or for anything less than your best as he already threw his helmet down in frustration today. A pass was targeted for him. It got knocked down at the line of scrimmage. He took his helmet off and threw it on the sidelines. That got a bunch of people talking on Twitter and it was the big story of the day. So he expects greatness. He demands greatness. And you really Hope that that reverberates throughout the locker room, throughout the wide receiver room, and throughout the entire offense. On defense, now Bobby McCain really flashed today, according to the reports from the beat writers. Whether or not you believe that, it's kind of up in the air because those guys. I mean, we've seen Omar Kelly's reports about guys like Legadu Nane having no holes in their game. Some of these guys don't know what they're watching, but for the most part. The, the unanimous decision was that Bobby McCain flashed today and got his hands on a football from Ryan Tannehill where he broke on a pass and should have had it picked off, but he dropped it. So very good to see McCain picking up right where he left off in 2017, looking good going into this year, hopefully getting more reps on that defense in the secondary and for the most part, that was pretty much it for the defensive notes on the day. It was all about the offense and Ryan Tannehill and the new receivers and the new offensive linemen. However, they did talk about Ray and McMillan a little bit, and it goes back into an interview that Jerome Baker had with the Audible. You guys can check that out now. I believe it's on the Miami Dolphins Twitter page and Facebook page. But talking about how when Baker was at Ohio State, McMillan was this natural leader that just was always doing things the right way, always pointing in the right direction for guys to be doing certain things on the football field. And the reason that Baker... Aside from his own reasons for not wanting to miss assignments, he wanted to not miss assignments because it would let down McMillan and McMillan has this presence about him that you do not want to let him down. And they said that on the field today at practice, he was directing traffic and basically being the traffic cop of the defense. So very, very encouraging to hear that a second-year player, really technically a rookie, is the one out there making the calls and has that big-time leadership quality that you look for. So not a lot from the defense, just McCain and McMillan talking about those guys. Tony Lippett was out there again practicing today. No limitations for him. None for McMillan. So the three season-ending injuries the Dolphins had last year in camp, all three of those guys back, full practices, full go, no limitations for them Adam Gaze on the offensive side once again spoke about versatility but the big news of the day again and the coaches pointed to this all day was that Ryan Tannehill was looking like his pre-injury self once again. I know they said that last year, but the fact that he has the surgery in place, he's done all the testing. I just, It's really encouraging to see all of them say that. And the last nugget I want to leave you guys here regarding the Ryan Tannehill presser was that they said he tested his knee to the nth degree. They did everything stress-wise to test it for football. He just got back from Dallas where they had the surgery done and they did all the stress testing and finding out what his knee was ready to do. And he was completely, Cleared to play football. They've tested it as far as you possibly can. 100% cleared. So a very, very happy day for Dolphins fans for now, at least. And that will do it for today's edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Winful @NFL. Follow the show at LockdownFins. And follow our flagship show at Lockdown NFL, both on Twitter and Facebook. Check out the number one rated blog in the Lockdown Network, LockdownDolphins.com. You guys have a terrific rest of your night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow with more OTAs on another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins Podcast, your daily dose from Miami Dolphins football.